Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of my podcast. Um, today I'm going to be discussing gastritis, which is basically inflammation of the gastric mucosa. So for this guy, it can basically it's the protective mucosal layer, and it can be altered either by an infective agent such as like an H. pylori infection. Or it could be something that the um, individual ingests that would erode that protective layer that it has. So basically the acid that is in your stomach would cause, it would, once that protective layer is worn away, it would essentially just leak down into the tissues underneath that layer and cause reddening. It would cause edema and then of course would cause that superficial surface erosion, which then would get worse progressively if it isn't if that layer isn't restored which could lead to even more GI problems so there could be like an acute or it could be chronic so for the chronic one part of it is basically that um, gastric mucosa progressively thins and gets thinner and thinner until basically the tissues underneath are just straight up exposed to the acid in your stomach and it would wear away in like those cells would eventually like die from just that constant abuse of the acid going in direct contact with them which they normally do not get in direct contact because of that protective layer that nice little thin film that your stomach has to so it doesn't like self-digest basically so for chronic um gastritis this basically can be caused by untreated h pylori infection which then would lead to the inflammatory response because once those cells basically start crying start getting affected um they would then have this chronic inflammation going on because they're constantly irritated and the immune system would try to react to try to help those cells but it can't do much unless that layer is restored Um, So the causes, obviously, I've already mentioned H. pylori infection could be autoimmune response. Your own immune system accidentally attacks those cells and then wears them away. And then the underneath the underlying cells would be affected. Could also be damage to the um, stomach lining. And then it could be individuals who have Crohn's disease could also have a risk of gastritis. Um, Individuals who have sarcoidosis food allergies, and then infections with viruses, parasites, fungi, and other bacteria could also cause gastritis. So the acute gastritis causes would be basically when you eat very irritating foods, so like spices, those could irritate the lining there. And then of course alcohol could be an irritant that would then put the stomach lining at risk and then complications of acute illness or injury so it could be like stress ulcers um if you're basically in the um if you're hospitalized for anything and your body's already stressed you can have increased um acid production in your stomach and then that could put you more at risk for um gastric ulcers um what else could we do here uh let's see let's see Aspirin, of course, and SEDs are a large um, cause of pe- people having um, stomach lining ulcers, like wearing away that protective layer. Ingesting caffeine could also be a risk factor for um, developing gastritis. Uh, and then taking corticosteroids. Um, what else? What else? 
endotoxins released from infecting bacteria, such as staphylococci, oh my goodness, I cannot pronounce these things, we'll just call it E. coli because the longer version, my tongue cannot roll that off. Um, Salmonella can also be an endotoxin. And then ingested poisons, reflux from bile from the small intestine to the stomach could cause uh, inflammation in the stomach lining. And then, of course, viral infection, fungal, candinitis, and then um, parasitic infections. What else? What else? Chronic gastritis. Infection is a major cause. And then um, pernicious anemia can also be a cause of chronic gastritis. Kidney disease or diabetes mellitus could also be a cause of um, chronic gastritis. Graft versus host disease can also be a risk factor. And what else? Reoccurring exposure to irritating substances such as um, chronic bile reflux. Drugs such as cocaine, alcohol, cigarette smoke, um, radiation, not irritation, radiation, and then environmental agents can also be a chronic cause of that. Risk factors, if you're older than 60, you would be more at risk for it. Exposure to toxic substances, hemodynamic um, disorders, alcohol abuse, ingesting NSAIDs, um, smoking, stress-related injuries or illnesses such as massive burn injury, head injury, sepsis and severe trauma and then also peptic ulcer disease would be a major risk factor for developing gastritis da, 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 what else can i tell you about it complications of course you can hemorrhage so if you wear away that wear away if you wear away that layer in the stomach while it's producing all that acid when of course when you ingest something or if there's anything that causes your stomach to be more irritated cause more um I guess gastric secretions um, it will work away at that layer and then basically all of those vessels underneath those tissues would be exposed so basically you'd be creating like a big old open sore into the stomach so you could those vessels would bleed and then that's where you would get the hemorrhage anemia obviously if you're bleeding small amounts of blood from those vessels because they're exposed they're being damaged constantly by that um, stomach acid every time you eat so your stomach tries to digest and then it creates more acid or every time you're stressed your stomach creates more acid that that could quickly like be a source of bleeding and you would have anemia just like a chronic small bleed in the stomach constantly going on you'd be losing those red blood cells and then you can't use them for oxygenating other tissues of the body let alone oxygenating the tissues of the stomach and then what else are complications dehydration because you might be vomiting from all that stomach irritation and then you could have um, gastric obstruction perforation if you wear through all those layers of the stomach of course it's going to open and not burst but like you'd have like a big major opening in that uh in those tissues so you would have a perforation of the bowel so like a big hole and then you could get peritonitis if obviously if that um the stomach is like a closed system and if there's a hole in the stomach then you could get bacteria and other things traveling into the peritoneum which is surrounding the gi tract and then you would get peritonitis you could get gastric cancer from this because you're constantly putting those cells under stress and you're altering the cells and then they would become cancerous that would be a simple way of describing um 
what do you call it? Simple way of describing how cancer develops in normal cells. But uh, I am not, what do you call it? I'm not a expert in explaining anything cancer related. That's just my small understanding of it. Um, what else? What else? Where was I? And you could also get peptic ulcer disease. I mean, peptic ulcers, which cause gastritis if you get peptic ulcers from another infection or cause and then um what else so what could you be looking for so possible physical findings um usually it's like could if there is symptoms would be like grimacing restlessness pallor they might have tachycardia if they have that small bleed going on in the stomach they might have hypotension they might have abdominal distension tenderness and guarding of that abdominal region they might have even normal um, bowel sounds or hyper bowel sounds. Uh, what else? So you could also do laboratory testing so that you could do the fecal um, occlude blood tests. If they test positive for blood, it indicates there is gastric bleeding from that ulcer that is forming in the stomach lining. But you'd have to do, they'd have to do like more investigative testing like scopes to figure out where exactly that bleed is coming so you can't just guess and be like oh it must be coming from the stomach you just have to once there's a evidence of bleeding in the gi tract they have to do more um invasive testing to see where exactly that bleeding is coming from hemoglobin level tests so basically checking their hemoglobin is there a reduction which would indicate there is bleeding somewhere or they have anemia but then you know they do more um workups to eliminate causes uh what else you could also do a ure urea breath test or h pylori stool antigen test to see if the issues in the stomach are related to a bacterial infection they can do imaging of the abdominal regions um what else could they do they could do a ct of the abdomen they could do an upper gi and dot and i cannot speak <laughs> endoscopy um, which could reveal gastritis, edema with thickened walls and red and gastric folds. And then, um, what else, what else? A biopsy could also reveal an inflammatory process is going on. And then treatment, of course, eliminate the cause, treat the underlying cause. Um, if they smoke, advise reducing their smoking or stopping altogether if they are interested in that. And then for massive bleeding, of course, you would give them blood transfusions depending on their hemoglobin levels and um, patient status, how stable they are. And then what else? What else can we do? You can do angiography with basal pressing. Um, diet wise, nothing by mouth. If there's bleeding occurring until the bleeding is stopped. Eliminating of irritating foods if that's the cause of the gastritis. So reducing caffeine or cutting it out. Citrus juices, um, reducing or eliminating spicy food. Reducing or eliminating alcohol. Small and frequent meals throughout the day instead of small giant meals. Um, or small or large three meals a day. You'd break them down into smaller meals. They could also get medication so they can get histamine receptor antagonists um, they can get antacids to help with that they could get a uh, sacral sacral fate for prophylaxis of stress gastritis so basically like goes in there and, like seals the ulcer or just kind of sits in front of the ulcer and seals it from being like um, penetrated 
by the acid is what that medication does. Omazoprazole, that's another antacid. You can also put them on prostaglandins. Um, let's see what else you can do. Of course, antibiotics if they have an infective agent. Um, what else could they do? You could do a short course therapy such as uh, metronidazole, that is an antibiotic. And then IV fluid hydration to hydrate them if they're taking nothing by mouth. Nursing considerations. Um, so basically explain the medications to the patient that they're going to be taking relating to their disease or their diagnoses. Um, what else? Give them IV fluids, obviously. Assessing their vitals, assessing their labs. Um, basically doing education around diet modification if that's what they need to do. Encouraging them to avoid certain uh, certain food that will irritate or worsen their ulcers. And then if they can't obviously for some reason take food in orally and they need to have like an NG insertion, explain the reason for it, explain the rationale, explain how it works, explain what you're using it for. And then obviously doing that abdominal assessment for distension, tenderness, auscultating bowel sounds. And then of course, if it's very severe enough that they need to have surgery, prepare them for that, explain what it entails, what will happen, what the team is planning to do around it. And then, of course, consult with a dietitian to help them with their um, nutritional needs. And then what else could you do? Um, obviously, performing um, other diagnostics such as obtaining stool samples and then watching and monitoring any emesis, nausea, vomiting, monitoring their vitals, monitoring their fluid status, monitoring their nutritional intake, which is why you might have a dietitian as part of their team. And what else? The patient's response to medications, if their symptoms are getting better or if they're getting worse, their pain level, the need to treat their pain levels, and if the treatment for pain is effective or not. And then, of course, monitoring the patient's stress levels and just asking them what they usually do for coping. It's working, it's not helping. And then trying to um, assist them, give them some um, examples of coping mechanisms that they could use just to kind of handle the stress that's going on, the stress of being ill and the stress of being in the hospital and your whole normal routine being disrupted. And that is it for the short review of gastritis. I will try to post another episode probably sometime this week. Um... Yeah, it's going to be a busy week with my um, ICU training. We've got a lot of Zoom classes this week, and then it's concluding this week. <coughs> so I'll probably be doing a lot of studying. But otherwise, I hope you guys are doing well. Hope your um, weekend is going well, and I hope the rest of your week goes well. We'll see you next time. Bye now.